It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Did you survive the Thanksgiving carry-on? Consequence Podcast Network. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network Uh, Thanks as always for making your way here Thanks for checking out the series Please do hit that subscribe button That way you can keep up with all the interviews that I put out every single week New one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday That's three interviews every single week to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover some new ones as well at all the usual places. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. That's me, I'm Kyle Meredith. And as far as discovering new artists go, uh, this is not that. This is one of my all-time favorite artists. Someone I've probably had on this series more than any other artists, and uh, I hope that uh, streak actually continues. I'm talking about the one, the only, Shirley Manson of Garbage. Today, we're going to be talking about really a lot of things. It's kind of a year-end wrap-up. Uh, most recently, Garbage just released Anthology. It's a new compilation that traces their entire catalog from the beginnings all the way through last year's No Gods, No Masters. Uh, we're going to be talking about how their record label talked them into the compilation and the struggle of it not actually being released in the U.S. It's everywhere else, but you got to kind of get it imported here. Uh, we'll hear about uh, well, how their uh, 2016 album, Strange Little Birds, went mostly overlooked. Uh, it's probably my favorite garbage album these days. And as she says, being erased from musical history after the uh, critical slagging of, uh, of the James Bond theme, their James Bond theme, the, uh, the World is Not Enough, back in 1999. Uh, although it's had a really honest reappraisal since... And now is looked at as one of the uh, the great Bond theme songs. 
so with that, we'll also talk about, you know, the wonkiness of just being in a band for decades long and, and how you go through the uh, the peaks and valleys with uh, with attention, I guess is how you put that. Uh, Shirley's also going to get into the financial risk of touring in a, uh, you know, post-pandemic world. And we'll get a tiny little peek on the news on their next album, which she says they're currently working on. So let's dig into this and discuss anthology. It's Kyle Meredith with Shirley Manson of Garbage. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Yeah, I, I kind of want to do a little bit of a, a year in review because so much has happened this year, I think, with, with you and, and, and Garbage. And since the last time we talked, which I feel like is more often than anyone else that I talk to. Um, <laughs> no complaints here. But, but let's let's sort of, I guess, start the most recent work backwards because there's a new collection called Anthology that's come out. And and it's, it's fair not to like... You didn't call this the greatest hits. Like it sounds, it looks like you purposely chose the word anthology. I, I guess you know the easy way to get into this is is where did this idea come from, and and how did you want it to represent uh, the band? Well, it was really our record company BMG in the UK who wanted to put out a inadvertent commas greatest hits, and um, we felt like we'd kind of touched on that in two thousand and five um, with absolute garbage. And we didn't really see much point in in sort of doing so. But then when we actually sort of thought about it, we were like, well, since 2005, we've been going for another 17 years. You know, like a long bloody time, you know, um, 17 years since our last Greatest Hits. And I think that kind of shocked us. Um, and there's a lot of songs that we have released since then that we're very proud of and we really love. And so we realised that, if we put an, another collection out, it could be, uh, you know, representative of our career thus far. And um, we thought it would be a beautiful piece for the fans and, of course, for ourselves, because it's great to have so many of our songs under one umbrella, so to speak. So that really was just that's we, we just got talked into it, basically. And then we 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 had an idea for the artwork. We, have, we worked with this amazing artist from Chile and um, Javi de Amor and she presented us with this incredible cover and then we were really excited and um, it's just been kind of a real labor of love. Yeah that cover is so striking I've only seen it digitally of course I'm here in the states so it's not I, I need to get the imports of the uh, of the album to bring it over here. I'm but that, sure we could maybe make that happen for you. <laughs> but that was that's that's kind of been probably unintentionally a little bit part of the story behind this too right is like uh is that it is released everywhere else, but but here in the in, in the in the states? Yeah. Is there a story there? And and I don't know. Is that frustrating? It it feels like it would be frustrating. Oh yeah, it's so frustrating and so disappointing, and and you know, to be told that you can't release your own songs, you know, um, in North America due to reluctance or apathy on 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 a record company's part is devastating. You know, I mean, it's to, it you know artists. I know we, you know, artists currently are really up against it anyway, and we've all been moaning for a long time about how we get really handled, manhandled by the music industry. And this is just another example of of the sort of um, overreach of, of of record labels. You know, they get to do what, what they will with you and there's not much you can do about it. So luckily for us, um, we, um, you know, have a different record label in in Europe than we do in North America. So we were able to put this collection together anyway. 
um but very disappointed that we couldn't release it in the in the way in the form that we wanted to over here in the states it was sort of uh, yeah frustrating isn't even the right word for it you know i wanted to go on a murder spree but you know i'm I'm kind of over it now but <laughs> yeah i'll have you know that i emailed and and i think even texted my bmg folks the, the people that work the radio stations um and was like what the hell witness to your love is such a great song no one's heard it we're gonna play it why aren't you guys pushing this i got no reply on that stuff and uh, yeah. that was even frustrating for me. Anyway, as a fan, it's like, that's bonkers. It's bonkers. It really is. Yeah, it is bonkers. And just, you know, again, that, you know, they, they just, you know, if you have, if any other business was run the way the music industry was run, they it would be in the toilet, um, you know, because they have these investments. They make investments in artists and then they don't do anything with them. They just lie on them, you know, and let them rot. And luckily for us, we're really tenacious and we have a lot of experience and we know how to circumvent the system a lot of the time. And so we've managed to sustain a career over the course of nearly 30 years, you know, three decades. That's in, that's, that in itself is a monumental achievement, you know, of which we are mighty proud. And this anthology sort of is testament to that, like just collective will of ours, which is really <laughs> terrifying sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E. P R O allergy.com. That's A S T E P R O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Talking with uh, Shirley Manson of Garbage. And I don't want to get too deep in the woods here, but but it is, it's, I mean, for me, it's kind of a fascinating conversation. You know, I, I, I operate in this world as well in a different part of it, but just, you know, for, for a band, as you said, that's been around 30 years, that's sort of, you've done major labels and, you know, you've, I don't know if you've done independent releases, but, and BMG sort of, to me, is sort of operates in this weird other world because I don't really think of it as in, in the same way as like um, Atlantic records or Interscope or something like that, you know, but, uh, but, but, you know, I, I don't know what, I don't know exactly what I'm getting to here either, but, you know, for a band that's been around, like, what are you looking for in that kind of partnership these days? And and do you feel like outside of maybe this situation that you've, that you found it? Well, first of all, it's not just BMG who are at fault here. It's, it's universal records that own a lot of the rights. So I, I must, I don't want to besmirch BMG USA um, entirely because uh, it was a financial decision on their part. I'm, I have more a grievance with universal, but um, listen, we have, released records in all different forms we've been on indie labels we've been on major labels we've been we've had our own independent label and we realized you know as time wore on that you cannot compete with the distribution power of major labels um unless you happen to be a zeitgeist you know of you know in in that moment you might be able to like compete but it's highly unlikely that a band that's been around and is you know kind of thought of as an old shoe an old slipper uh, it can compete you know certainly when we ran our own independent label entirely um we just were getting drowned out and we realized very quickly you know this is a bit of a disaster actually for us so for, for a for a band at our stage of, of our career it wasn't a really very easy sort of situation for us so you know you make you make decisions based on practicalities then you like again we're we're all long enough in the tooth to realize we have to make concessions and um that's what we did we we signed with bmg and um knowing that it wouldn't always be plain sailing you know nothing is though i mean there's just there's no such thing as as a perfect situation so you know you make do and hope that someone somewhere on on your label will give a shit and and to be fair and and honestly and i have friends over there too um you know we were worked very well on your on your most recent uh album so it's just i turned right like again i'm a greedy fan is where i'm coming from this at like why aren't you just working everything everything possible (laughs) yeah it's it really is frustrating they they would just rather work a new band a new artist than than work an old band like us and i get that but I think it's very short-sighted, you know, and I think, uh, you know, a lot of the time our record labels have been kind of caught off guard by how much interest that somehow we still manage to garner, you know, and they're always sort of caught chasing the ball. Although BMG UK have been great with us. I mean, we've had a very successful partnership with them thus far. So, you know, like I said, we got lucky. We've, we landed on BMG UK and somebody gave a shit. 
And that makes all the difference, you know, in the world. It just means that we need to start this huge campaign to get you guys in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now, because that seems to be like when that they start paying attention again, when the, those start, type of things start happening. Like, you know what? <laughs> they're big enough, they're great enough, they deserve it. <laughs> I mean, there's a billion and one artists I can think of who deserve to be in there, you know, and uh, I, I think we've stopped concerning ourselves with those kind of, you know, benchmarks, you know, you know, um, we've been overlooked by the Grammys, we've been overlooked by the MTV Awards, you know, I mean, there's a VH1 more awards, there's a billion mm-hmm. and one awards, there's a billion and one accolades. And I think what we are concerned with is a, a lot, the, the longevity of a career, you know, sure. and um, having uh, a sense of integrity in that career. And I think we've managed to do that. And I think that's really quite rare. And therefore, to us, that's probably more rewarding in the long run. You know, there's a lot of people who have won all kinds of awards and their careers have lasted five minutes, you know, t- you know, two that's years. True. Yeah. And so we'll take what we've got. We've, we're really lucky. And, and although I complain all the time. <laughs> I <laughs> I am well aware how lucky we are and how privileged we are. And, and I'm, I really am grateful at this point in my life. Well, as you're saying, and I'll tie it back around to Anthology too, because, you know, it is, it's a, it's a great collection. And, and you get that because even the lesser known songs shine just as bright. And, and maybe that was, to me, that's one of the strong points of this, this collection too, is it does get to put a spotlight, you know, like, I'm just looking at the track list like uh, you look so fine. Tell me where it hurts. Sex is not the enemy. Like these are songs. These are like, you know, these are not songs that I hear on the radio, you know, unless it's me spinning it on my radio station. But, but you know, and it, they, they do stand, you know, neck and neck with those other ones, too. And uh, and again, that's that's not a question. That's just a compliment uh, about just how strong a collection this is when you can have you know, the lesser known songs still right there up against the others. Well, thank you. That's such a lovely thing to say. And and I have to say, we've been quite bowled over by the response the, an- the anthology has, has gotten. You know, a lot of the time you put records out, you get a lot of kickback, no matter what, you know, and um, even from the fans, you know, but the fans have just been delighted with this collection. And um, we've been really moved, actually, by the love that it's received and, it, it means a lot to us because with every song, every album that we have put out, we've really tried to make sure that we're not we're not like cutting corners and we're not sort of just winging it. We've tried really hard our whole career to make sure each song is loved and cherished and nurtured and sort of carved out. And um, we're proud of all of them. We've not we don't haven't put out a shitty record ever. Well, I, I, I'll say my only complaint <laughs> easy Kyle easy if I lost you that'd be the one I would have put on there too I'd, that's one of my all-time favorite we're all gonna oh, have that's that one, one of my yeah. it's one of my all-time favorites as well I love it so much like I said we're all gonna have those songs and I was like oh that's it that's the one that's the one I, like no. as as the more time passes like when Strange Little Birds came out I really did instantly love it and but the more time passes it's really started to become like my go-to first in line garbage album that one right there and um i love that yeah i mean it was funny because you know i mean careers are just a funny thing yeah and you know you put out records and they get ignored in some parts of the world and then 
in other parts of the world they shine you know and and we were so delighted that when, when we released strange little birds it kind of got ignored in certain areas but in Germany they were sort of hailing it as a masterpiece and that goes a long way to sort of bolster your sort of sense of well we're not insane like yes the rest <laughs> of the world has completely dismissed this record but somewhere someone has seen it for how we how we view it you know and it's so lovely and thrilling you know I mean I love that record it's very very dark record but um I think it's really powerful I mean when empty comes on especially on FPK uh when it comes on when the drums hit right there like I can't not air drum to that song and I'm not a drummer <laughs> it's just it's one of those songs and it's, it's beyond me <laughs> well there's a lot of good songs on there, it's, there is, you know I yeah. forget um I forget sometimes but yeah I'm proud yeah. of it yeah, uh, I should ask uh, while we're here about Witness to Your Love, because that's the one we've been playing so much lately. It's it's not the new one, but for a lot of us, it is. And like even as big of a fan as I am, I didn't know that song. It did. It it was in that mid 2000s mark that it just kind of slipped by me. You know, you guys were weren't on the hiatus, I guess. But, you know, we weren't really paying attention. It ends up on a compilation. Um, how did that song sort of get lost and then find its way back? Well, it got lost because we were at a point, point in our career where we just couldn't get arrested and we couldn't do anything right. I mean, it it, it really was sort of, it, it got to the point where it was almost laughable. Like we just, just, it was almost like we'd become persona non grata. Like we were er erased from musical history. You know, there'd be like all these magazines would put like lists of, the best records of the 90s and we'd be nowhere on there you know even though we were up for you know album of the year with version 2.0 and um, our debut was like a huge you know sensation basically um in alternative rock and so yeah we realized oh we're just this kind of forgotten about entity and we were sort of operating under that understanding that of that nobody really was paying attention and so we gave this fantastic song that we had we gave it away to a free compilation for i think it was given away with urban outfitters for free on a compilation of some sort and um yeah and that's how it just sort of disappeared you know nobody nobody knew it'd ever come out we, we always had it in the back of our minds of what a great song it was because we played it i think at the time for q prime management who represented us at the time and they were like freaking out like they were like this is amazing you know write another 12 of these and you've got an album you know and and um but by then the shit hit the fan and everything went bottoms up and so yeah i th it, you know it, we, we were still on hiatus and everything was weird and so anyway it's a jewel of a song and we're really proud of it and it was lovely to be able to include it in this anthology. And we'll be right back right after this. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome back. Talking with uh, Shirley Manson of Garbage. And, and it's it's interesting, you know, you're, the way you were talking about that, too, because you earlier you said, you know, it's a career is interesting, you know, in the, in the way because that would have been around. 
there's the thing, right? Fan fatigue or band fatigue, whatever you want to say. And it's usually mm -hmm. about 10 years and you get yeah. about 10 years and then people need you to go away for whatever that is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Unless you're just, yeah. Unless you're just one of the, the rare, 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 rare occurrences, you know, where like, yeah. But even then, like, you know, when I look at, I don't know, because the Beatles didn't make it 10 years or really. And then you uh, uh, too, but it sort of fell apart for them for a moment and they were able to kind of pick it back up. But, you know, you have those rare, but, but otherwise that's like, again, and, and, and I don't know if I'm projecting here, but it's, that's one of those really interesting that when you've got longevity and you can look back at that and you see that, like, how do you get past those moments? Because I guess to a certain degree, it's completely out of your hands. Yeah, it's absolutely out of your hands at that point. Although I would argue for anyone out there who's feeling like they're in a bit of a pit, you know, in, in any career, in any point in their lives, there's a moment when you feel like you're over and done with. And I would just argue that these are feelings. They're not facts. You know, you feel over because you're not kind of getting the response or the promotion you want or you know, there's a billion one reasons why we get downhearted, but I think it's just important to keep doing the work, you know, keep doing what you love, keep doing what you're good at. And sooner or later, it's like putting a penny in the bank, you know, or, or using, you know, putting a brick in a wall, like sooner or later you build the wall, then you've got a house, um, you've got a piggy bank full of pennies. It's just, um, if you can focus on work and focus on love, of what you do, I think that that is ultimately what will save you. You might not get the result you were expecting, but you'll get a positive result, I think, for the most part, unless you are unbelievably unlucky, which of course, as we know, there's always that poor soul that just can't catch a break. And if uh, if you stick around long enough, it always comes back around. And you know, well, and that's, they, that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> but I say that in the way, like you, you know, you're mentioning how people weren't including you in the list, and now these days, like you are, you know, automatically top of mind. I think for a lot of those. Oh, when you. We're, well, that's true. We're talking about the greatest <laughs> albums of the '90s. You got two of them right there, you know. And then, and then, and, and it's even like I've heard you talk about like, um, like the Bond theme. I think it's a good example of that because mm. I did not have a clue that you all didn't have a good run critically with that song <gasps> because I've always loved it. And but now the way people talk about it like that's an essential bond song. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't believe what, what the the sort of cycle of that song. It has been extraordinary because of course we were really excited when we got to do a bond theme. It was a big honor for us. But I think the music industry saw us as an alternative band and us accepting the mantle of a Bond theme. They saw us us selling out, in adverted commas, that ludicrous phrase that gets bandied around a lot um, whenever the forces that be try and keep alternative artists in their place. Um, I think they punished us royally for it. We sort of just became uncool. That was the end of it. It was just like, oh, that's garbage. There are sellouts. Um, and having had this incredible run at radio all over the world, nobody would play us, and we couldn't. We really, we really could barely get our our career back up on the go immediately after uh, the Bond theme, and then it got slagged off in the press really badly. I mean, really horrible reviews, like really nasty, nasty stuff. And then we were devastated, but then we watched all the subsequent artists that followed in our footsteps. They too were savage. 
And then we we started to realize, oh, it's a pattern. It's not personal. It's just what happens. People have these insane expectations of artists when they cover Bond themes, and they have a lot of in them. Their emotions are invested in the Bond franchise for one reason or other. And time just ticked on and before you know it you know 20 years passed and then all of a sudden people felt affectionate towards us again and <laughs> you know start playing playing the song again and, and everybody started to love on it so you know it, we just performed it actually at the Royal Albert Hall a, a month ago um, with the London Royal Philharmonic Orchestra which was like one of the most spectacular things to ever happen to me I couldn't I couldn't believe it I, I just could not believe I was getting to sing with an orchestra you know and the band were like so psyched and just was magical yeah what was the preparation for that night like well we didn't really i'm going to be really honest with you we didn't do any preparation because we just finished tour and our darling bass player who we've played with forever has gone back to his original band jane's addiction so hmm. we found ourselves without a bass player so we were like, holy shit, what are we going to do? We're not going to turn down this opportunity to go to London and play in the Royal Albert Hall. So we called up our very, very old original bass player, Daniel Schulman, who is now an incredible therapist um, and like really serious, beautiful person. And we were like, do you want to come to London, you know, and play this show? And he's like, yeah, OK. <laughs> and uh, I think we had one rehearsal and then and he was spectacular. So we managed to pull it off, but there wasn't really that much preparation. Luckily, we'd been playing it on tour uh, this summer when we opened for Tears for Fears. So something in the back of my mind must have known I needed to scrub up on that song. So it was ready to go, really. So the Tears for Fears show. And 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 I'm going to have to make, uh, I'm going to have to come out on something right here. Uh, you came back to Cincinnati and you're on stage and one of my dreams comes through when <laughs> my name is mentioned and a song yes. is dedicated to me that's I, right because you deserve it well thank you um i i don't know if that's true but it certainly made all my nerd dreams come true that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> i had uh i i had messaged you and because me and my wife were going and what you didn't know was that about two hours before that show my wife got really sick and um and so she couldn't go and i wasn't going to be an asshole and just leave her here <laughs> No, of course not. And so I didn't make it to the show. I wasn't <laughs> there. And I was That's so amazing. I was so embarrassed to even tell you that because I wasn't, it's not like I was going to message you like, oh, by the way, we're not coming now. It's like there was no use in it. You, know, you were doing a show, whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I started That's getting hilarious. all of these texts like we're just sitting around, oh, you know, and oh. she's she's feeling horrible and she's feeling bad that, you know, that we're not there. And, all, and but we had also just <laughs> seen you like months before that with Atlantis in the same venue. So it wasn't like, well, it's fine. We'll see him next time. Not knowing, not knowing that this was going to happen. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I have to say, I quite like that story. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, that's um, like, I don't know. You, what, what's the like? If you're not a musician, uh, to have someone either write a song about you or at least dedicate a song from the stage, and uh, so you just made my year. That's 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 it right there. Well, so thank you. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. You've supported us for such a long time, and, and you know, I'm such a mental case that I always pay attention to people that really support us and step out for us. And so it was a sincere dedication. <sighs> but don't expect it every time I come to Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but if you ever come to Louisville, that's that's when I'll expect it. That's <laughs> yeah. There you go. 
Come down here. Um, that was seriously amazing. And and uh, you know, the touring, I think probably is its own set of questions here at least because you did you all you you put out the record and you were doing the tour with Alanis and then transitioned into the tour with Tears for Fears. And then there was only a small run, which ended up being even smaller, of the headlining shows. Um, I'm sure this gets into what it's like to be a touring band in the 2020s, which mm. um, like, yeah. did you, what was the choice to be the opener on two really huge tours? I mean, opening for amazing artists uh, and, and instead of for, and, and for going, doing a longer uh, headlining run. Well, I'm I'm going to be brutally frank, as I always am. It was our manager, Paul Kremen, who said, you know, it's really risky for you all to go out and play um, on your own headline show. And and here's why. And he, he, he explained to us, you know, what the situation was with escalating costs, with no like ability to insure yourself against COVID. And COVID was, was the absolute reality we were all facing. Like it was highly unlikely that we could go out on the road and somebody not get sick we wouldn't be covered for it so it was a nightmare and he suggested you know that we accept this incredible invite from Alanis Morissette to open for her now having opened for Alanis several times over the years you know um, we were delighted to join her on that tour because it's absolutely saved our bacon like she absolutely like reached out at the perfect time and saved us because we had been at this point on our you know, backsides for almost two years as a result of COVID. So she took us out last summer. It was an absolute joy. She sold out everywhere. I mean, it was mental. And it was a real, um, Cat Power was also opening the show. So it was a very, very special lineup, I thought. Really powerful. Uh, three women who have endured, you know, a music industry that is very unkind to women over the age of 25. Um, so I was proud to be on that bill. And then, God bless Tears for Fears, they also invited us out again. And then once again, Paul Kremen, our manager, was like, I think you'd be wise to, to go back out, you know, in an opening slot. And we did what we were told because he had protected us, you know, from the absolute chaos that has continued to, um, you know, just get more and more crazy over the last, you know, year. And the, the costs of touring now are three times as much as they were a, a year ago. And it's impossible to get a tour bus because everybody's out and everybody's vying for the same venues. It's impossible to even book a show half the time. So, yeah, it's insane. And then, of course, if you get sick, which my band did, I didn't. I was the only <laughs> band member not to go down. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody else went down all at once. And we played, we played one week of our own shows and we played, I think, two shows and then everybody got sick. And so we had to blow out, I think, I think it was four shows we had to blow out. And it cost us an arm and a leg because, of course, we've got crew out and we're about to rejoin Alanis. So we can't go home. So we're just sitting in a hotel room with a, a group of very sad <laughs> men <laughs> feeling very sorry for themselves rightly so and we just bled money and uh, it was it was frightening and that's what every band out there right now is is going through except they're not all as you know as lucky as we were or are 
um, they don't necessarily have opening gigs with some of the biggest artists in the world to to offset, you know, the loss of a, of a COVID um, situation. You know, it's, it's dark. It's, I feel so sad for all the young ones, you know, that, I mean, we'll be fine, you know, no matter what. We're like cockroaches, but all these young artists that are holding down, you know, two to three jobs, um, taking time off to go and do a two-week tour and they get absolutely sideswiped. And it's really sad. Even like Lord, you know, you've got a superstar status right there saying that if she goes on tour, she's going to be lucky to break even. Like mm. that's spelt like if that level right there is having trouble, you know. Yeah. I mean, everybody's becomes, having yeah. trouble. But, you know, Lord's I, I don't feel too sad for for Lord. She's going to be fine, too. You know, sure, sure. I, I'm thinking about all the musicians that haven't even got that far. You know, mm-hmm. um, that is a real heartbreak. You know, uh, it's absolutely awful. And I think we're going to see a whole generation of young musicians sort of capsized by this. You know, and I don't know if if every one of them will be able to, you know, survive the losses and and the heartache and the disappointment that has come with this terrible virus, you know. And we'll be right back right after this. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lil Tolest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back. Talking with uh, Shirley Manson of Garbage. Because, I, I mean, touring is still so important. Like you have you have like some um, some artists who have fan bases already that are able to, whether it's, you know, still the weekly at home concerts, you know, over over Zoom or whatever, like uh, like talking with Stephen Page, Baronica Lady Stephen Page, you know, he's been doing that and he can do that. He has a fan base or or Maynard from Tool, you know, he's got Pussifer and all they do is like release like live concert that they shoot at their home like on a grand stage you know and and they have subscribers but as you're saying like i agree when you have uh an artist who's trying to find their people and it's venue to venue is the best way to do that and when that's taken away i I, what does that mean i don't know that i mean i don't know what that means well as as i said we're going to see the complete annihilation of a whole generation of young musicians you know um and i think what we're what we're seeing is is the toll that streaming music has taken on on musicians and on the on the on the industry it's uh, it's a it's proven itself to be an unsustainable situation because artists can't be expected solely to bolster themselves through the live experience. You know, the recorded music is, is worth something, but it's being treated as though it's completely valueless. And it, it's, an, it's an outrage, to be honest. I mean, it, the equivalent of, like, people say to me all the time, oh, you know, this happens in all industries. And I'm like, no, it, it doesn't, actually. Because right. nobody's walking into a store and taking everything in the store and walking out with it. That's not happening. <laughs> which is what's happening to musicians with recorded music you know and and i don't think people fully understand what it means to have your music just taken from you for nothing and yet all these huge companies you know 
are are reaping benefits from the exploitation of of your you know your local musician. And there's nothing we can do about it. Seemingly, I mean, everything is taken away, right? Like if you don't make the money off your music, recorded music, and then you can't make the money off of touring. And when you do tour, you've got the venues who will take a cut of your merch, which is incredible. I don't know how that's legal, but you know, it's so like, the wow. merch situation is enough to send you off the rails as well, because right. a lot of the time they'll take 30% of what you're earning. And by the time your management have taken their cut, by the time your business management, your lawyers, your accountants, your, your tax you paid your taxes there's very little left and then of course when you're in a band that gets split whatever is left gets split four ways it's the math the mathematics of it is is really quite astounding and if i think about it too much i go absolutely batshit crazy well i'm really sorry that i is <laughs> there no, I mean, this is a reality. You're not telling me anything I don't know. I mean, this is my life. This has been my life now since the streaming began. You know, when Napster, I was one of the first artists to, you know, raise the alarm about what Napster was doing. But nobody cared. And, and now we're in the situation we're in. Yeah. Well, God love you for for continuing to do it against uh, all of this. And, and you know, and I, I keep bringing you back to anthology because... Because the three albums that you've made in the streaming world are all so important to so many of us. The fact that you keep doing it. And I don't know. I mean, when you get to this point, like, um, you know, I'm not exactly asking, like, when's the next record or anything. But but how does it change your all's level of participation of your excitement when it does come to, like, okay, are we going to make another record? I think we all still feel really excited when we get to make another record. And we're, we're in the, the process already. We've started our eighth studio record um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and yeah, it still feels like such an enormous privilege. I mean, we do this because we love it and because we have to do it. It's like asking a fish to live outside of water, not to make music for a musician is not a solution. You know, a lot of people say, well, if you don't like it, get out the kitchen. You know, if you don't want to be a musician, then don't be a musician and it's not that simple it just doesn't work like that it's like everybody that is a musician who is serious about being creative it's all they can do it's all we're fit for really <laughs> so we don't do it for the love of like anyone other than the love of working you know and we still seem to enjoy for the most part working together and and um whenever a song emerges it's still really really fun really exciting and you, I mean, I'm constantly saying to the band, like, how do we make a record? I can't remember how we make a record. And then we'll spend an afternoon in the studio. And at the end of the day, I'm like, hey, we've started the record. We've got one or two <laughs> songs already. Yay! <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, a weird, it's such a weird thing, but it's magic. Yeah. Someone asked me the question the other day, uh, if what would I do if I weren't doing this job? And I didn't have an answer for that. For the life of me, I couldn't think of anything. I was like, I'd find another way to do this, I guess. That's <laughs> yeah. all, all I want to do. Oh, that's, well, that's wonderful. You're lucky. Not everybody gets that privilege, you know, to be doing the thing that they really love. Very aware of that one and uh, counting my blessings too um, over a coming up on 25 year career. So, wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I'm just trying to keep up with you guys. So you that's can't right. stop. So then You've I got... can't stop. So. <laughs> That's right. We're keeping you on your toes. Yes. 
Well, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go there then. You're working on the new one. It's probably way too early to be asking this, but but what can you tell me? I mean, um, coming off of of where you guys were, you know, and 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 it was just so much fun, and and to you know, men who rule the world, and it's crazy psychotic post punk guitar stuff that was going on all the way through. Do you find that there's a thread from that one, or is this a whole new page? It's funny. I asked myself this a lot lately because I'm so proud of No Gods, No Masters. And I, I, I still am. And, and I knew when we finished it, like, this is really good. We've made something really, really good. And um, arguably, we got some of the best reviews of our career, which, despite my confidence, was also really shocking, you know. Um, and to, to follow that record up, uh, is a bit of a conundrum in a way I don't think so much you know musically I know that we'll we, we never run out of ideas musically we're always sort of you know we get into the studio together and we jam and then melodies come out and lyrics bits of scraps of lyrics come out at the same time but lyrically you know the last record was so specific but also a sort of an anomaly for us you know or for for me for for me it was an anomaly for me um they're not the kind of lyrics that I have traditionally written so I myself I'm like well where do I go from here you know like everything hung together so beautifully on that last record I don't I don't know what what what's going to happen now I have a feeling in my gut of things that I want to talk about you know that I'm like uh, every time I do a record I'm like what is it you want to say these are things you want to get off your chest before you die. That's how I always look at it. It's like, that's the best way to guide you so that you're, to you're talking about urgent things, things that matter, things that really express something that has remained unexpressed throughout your life. To get that out, to get to that core is so thrilling. You know, when you're like, oh, oh my God, like I've really touched on something here that I've wanted to get off my chest for so long. That's, that's a triumph right there. So who knows whether I'll be able to reach it or not, but I shall be trying. <laughs> I can assure you. <laughs> I thought, you know, it was to me and even looking back at your catalog, it was so interesting because, you know, I use that, that phrase, you know, if it was a completely different page and, and no gods was such a different page in yeah. the same way that like beautiful garbage was such a different page following those first two records and, and the way no gods followed your f next first two records after you know, coming up in the hiatus, I'm like, look how, you know, it's just the funny way that time works and the way we, you know, contextualize things in our musical boxes or whatever. But, uh, but that once again, it's like, here it is. Here's the blank slate. Yeah. Where does it go? You know. I feel like we've done that though with every record we've done. I mean, you, you mentioned Strange Little Birds. That is so unlike any of our other records, you know, version 2.0, unlike anything ever we've done before or since, you know, I feel like that to me is one of the greatest things we've managed as a band is like not to create a record that sounds like the other record. Instead, it's like you say, a whole new landscape. And I think that's difficult to do. And it's certainly something we try to do when we step out. We don't want to repeat ourselves. What's the point of that? You know, life is so short. <gasps> You've only got a minute, you know, to, to, to try everything. You know, it's like being in a playground of like, which, which right am I going to go on? I need to get them all, all the really great ones. You know, it's a bit like that. <laughs> it feels a bit like that, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm on for the ride. I'm always on for the ride. Um, is there going to be another season of the podcast? Are you doing that anymore at this point? I don't know. 
what happened. Like the company that signed me got sold. Ah, and then my contract um, expired. And then so the, the, the company, the big company, I don't even know if they knew who I was. You know, it just all sort of fell by the wayside. And that's that. So, yeah, I was sort of bummed. But then, I don't know, I was also like, well, it's because you're not that good. I got really down on myself. It's no. like the reason, that, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not looking for any, uh, like, you know, I'm not looking for compliments or, 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 or like comfort. I'm just telling you, like, truthfully, I was like kind of bummed out. I was like, did I make a, a fool of myself? You know, it's like these weird things that you think, sure, you know, like, did, sure. I, did I fail? You know, I like on my last season, I got to talk to some of my musical heroes and I got really self-conscious about that. Like it, it I really, yeah, it was, uh, it worked a number on me. I'm going to confess. Um, but you know, life, that's life. And, you know, uh, I, I got to do it. I got to talk to unbelievable artists all of them taught me something and it, i think i told you this when you mm -hmm. and i spoke mm -hmm. last I, I learned something from each and every one of them and they were they all helped like they fired me like fired me up in every way and i, I love i'm so grateful to each and every one of them well i i can say in in the weird circular things that can happen around here um I would listen to it, not just for the entertainment, because I did, and, and for the education, because I did, but also I would listen to how you ask questions and then use that in my own, you know, interviews. To, oh, like, you oh. told me this. I can't, I remember you saying that. That's so yeah. sweet. But it's, well, but it, it's true. Adult. Like, you, yeah, you, it, it, it's a fantastic series and you're so good at it. And, um, and I do get so much out of it. So, you know, if there is a future for it, uh, yeah, I'll. Well, another. it's all over now, baby blue. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't happening at the moment anyway that's what we're saying it's all right that's okay um you know just keep giving new music and uh we'll be happy one way or the other so it's <laughs> that's all it goes down exactly. to. well i mean exactly i mean i've done a lot of things in my career you know i did the tv show for for a couple of years and it was really stressful you know i find it really stressful i find doing the podcast really stressful and I realized that music is the thing that I do not find stressful at all. Like yeah. I feel always, oh, I'm good at this and I really love it and I get a lot of joy from it. And when I walk on stage, I'm not nervous or stressed out or worried at all. So I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life, clearly, because everything else I do, I get really worried. You know what I mean? If I have to talk in public, I get freaked out and sweaty and upset and um like I said with the podcast I was so hard on myself about it and then doing the tv show I was just so freaked out the whole time I did that show because it's really stressful being an actor oh my mm. god Woo. yeah no I mean oof, I, I full respect to all these actors <laughs> it's like not an easy task at all and they all want to be rock stars too and it's uh... yeah they do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> There's a reason for that because it's the best job in the world. Well, it is a great, it is great, but you have to be of a certain mindset. Like it's not meant for everybody. It's you know, it's it's easy to someone like me or like Karen O, Karen o from the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, and mm -hmm. I have talked about this before. It's like it's easy for people like us because we were bred to do it in a way, you know, but. I, I see a lot of people struggle with it, you know, and they get sick and they get upset and they're quitting social media and then they're back on social media and then they're off again and cancelling shows and, you know, having mental health breakdowns. And I'm just like, baby, you shouldn't be doing this. This is not for you. This is, this is clearly, 
you could be doing something that makes you feel more joyful. Again, I'll say uh, thank goodness that uh, that you all have stuck with it because uh, surely uh, garbage uh, has given me so much joy in my life, and the anthology is just one more grand testament to that. Oh, hello, hello. <laughs> thank you so much. That makes me so happy. Right on. <laughs> Well, thanks. Um, I'll let you. I'll let you go. But uh, Shirley, it's always so much fun. Thank you for doing this. All right, my friend. Take care. Cheers. Bye. And my thanks to Shirley Manson, as always. Uh, you can, of course, head anywhere further in this uh, Kyle Meredith with podcast series. Uh, she and I have talked many times if you want to dig into uh, some deeper conversations that we've had. Uh, so thanks to Shirley. Thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Do hit that subscribe button before you get out of here again so you can keep up with all the interviews that uh, we put out every single week, new and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, at Spotify and Podchaser, at nprwfpk.org, YouTube for the video version, or again, anywhere you get your podcasts from, subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to wfpk.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Again, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can find me on the uh, social media spots as well. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Consequence Podcast Network. Well, life is long, as they say. There's, there's, there's plenty of time. <laughs> it's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media.